and welcome everybody to the Lunacy Podcast. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave and David. Dave Stevens, David Sterling, I'm Tony Pervenanzi. Connor Ennis is on assignment. You no, know, he is feeling a little under the weather today. And uh, I kind of know, I think I know why. It's because his son, uh, Austin, when I was over there last night for the game, was, he'd been snotty all day. So I'm thinking that Connor probably picked up whatever his son had or vice versa or whatever. So hoping him a speedy recovery. Um, yeah. But anywho, uh, like I said, I enjoyed the game last night at Connor's house with him and his dad. So it was fun. And uh, of course, uh, Henri, his dog Henry, was there. And it was a good time. Uh, you guys didn't really watch the game last night. I, I, I saw the second half. Okay. Well, yeah, in the last... Ten, uh, two minutes, I think, of the first half. Yeah, yeah and I, I was uh, out, out of town, which we'll get at later, but uh, I was out of town and uh, out to dinner probably at the time, and so I was, um, I watched it, uh, I watched parts of it more than I thought I'd have the chance to. I ended up basically watching an ESPN Plus on my phone. So I somehow got to see the important moments, just lucked out. But I mean, of the 90 minutes, I probably watched uh, 35, 30, 35 of it on my phone, but uh Interestingly enough, the uh, the same time I well spoiler I was out in Wisconsin and uh, at the same time the uh, the Manchester City Bayern Munich game at Lambeau Field was going on Correct. so that was actually on most of the TVs at the establishment that I was at but uh, so yes kind of cool yeah Dave was busy sending distress signals from his phone to us <laughs> on text right. message yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean yeah it's funny because yesterday all of a sudden we get a text from Dave. And it says where his location is at on your iPhone. You can do that. And it's in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. It's like a state park. And mm. I saw the text and I'm like, what the fuck? And David saw it. And David, you were going to write something funny. And then yeah, you're, yeah. Like, you're like, no. Yeah, I was like, well, maybe he actually needs help. <laughs> yeah, no. No, no that, that was pretty wild. And I have no idea. I mean, I was hiking. It happened to be uh, not too far from uh, Wisconsin Dells in Baraboo at uh, Devil's Lake State Park, uh, Wisconsin State Park. And I was but I was in the middle of a hike around the lake, literally way up high on the bluffs overlooking that lake. And uh, yeah, and I, I had my phone in and out of my pocket, probably to take pictures here and there. But I have no idea how that was sent and sent to our particular thread. Um, I just think it was kind of interesting how my phone decided to do that. That's why I was joking. Maybe my Fitbit app on my, on my wrist noticed my elevated blood, or mm-hmm. I don't know, I shouldn't say blood pressure, but uh, heart rate, um, yeah. sent a text to my last thread that I was active in and said, oh, you're out in the middle of nowhere. Cause I was not by any road. I was on, you know, hiking paths. So, not, yeah. you know, miles away from the nearest road, probably, or at least a couple miles. So, yeah. Well, I mean, all's, yeah. all's well that ends. You're, you're, you're I, here. I made it. You're here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so quick, quick story about the uh, Man U. Was it Manchester and uh, and uh, it's us? It was City, City, Man and, City, and, and Byron. Byron. And it was at Lambeau Field. I don't know if you guys saw the video of uh, a Packer running back. Is he running back? AJ Dillon. I did yep. not see that. Did you guys video. see this? You didn't see I didn't this video. See the video no. So I guess he was at the game yesterday, and he decided to jump onto the field. And kind of walk around and get the fans all going because there's a lot of probably a lot of Packer fans there. And security came up and was like, "Hey, no, you got to leave." And security guard kind of like shoved him a little bit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, jeez. And then of course he jumps back into the crowd as the Lambo leap back into the crowd, and all the fans in the end zone are just giving the, the security the middle finger. I bet. Yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting. So, um, anywho, guys, uh, 
we are drinking today, of course, because it's, well, do it all the time on this podcast. Uh, David, you don't have a new beer, uh, but you have, of course, a beer from Florida. Dave, is this, is your beer a new, a new brewery or not? Have we done it's it? It's a, it's a new brewery for me. Yeah. New beer okay. and new brewery happens to be, it's a, it's a craft brew, but it's a Wisconsin craft brew. Hmm. Wisconsin. So we got three States today. We got Wisconsin, we got Minnesota and we got Florida and I've got a brewery we've had on the podcast before, but I've never had their beer before. So I'm excited to talk about that. So why don't we start with David? What are you drinking tonight? All right. So I am drinking from Big Storm Brewing. Uh, I have not had this on the podcast since November. In fact, it might have been the first beer I had on the podcast. Um, this is a new beer, technically. Um, it is a lager. It's called the Reef Revival Lager, and it's brewed in um, partnership with Winn-Dixie Supermarkets. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually a uh, it's a special beer. They're brewing it to uh, donate a portion of the proceeds um, to Reef Revival, um, which is uh, part of Moat Marine Laboratory. And it's their work is all about preserving the uh, Florida's oceans and beaches and um, helping it, uh, fix the the reefs that have been deteriorated from uh, pollution and uh, climate change and um, just overdevelopment on the coastline. So it's a cool little, uh, cool little idea and promotion to help out a good, good cause um, to protect Florida's waters. Nice. So, yeah. And the beer itself, by the way, sorry, the beer itself is, um, it's quite good. It's a pretty typical lager. Uh, I think it's 4.8%. Um, so it's, uh, it's quite light there. Um, it's sorry. It's only a 4%, 4%. Um, and it's, it's a chugger, um, easily it's, you know, it's obviously a craft beer. So the lager has got a little more beef to the malt character. Um, but it's, it's a really, really good beer for a day like today. Yeah. (laughs) Always nice to have beers for a cause on the podcast. We've done it before. And uh, we'll keep doing it because there's always a beer for the cause somewhere. Yep. So um, I want to say uh, Iyer Brewing up in uh, up here in uh, Elk River, they just did a big thing today for charity for somebody for somebody. I'm trying to think it was maybe it was a family that lives in Elk River that had some some something happen to them, and they actually donated all of their pros like oh nice everything. There was no whatever they sold they donated, and they made like forty five hundred dollars today. Um, nice. in sales and they gave it all to that family. So hats off to Ayer. Those guys do a great job up here. And uh, I wish I could get there more often because these guys are, those guys are great. So um, I'll go next. Cause I got a Minnesota beer. Uh, like I said, I went to Connor's house yesterday for the game. I had a good time. And I thought, well, I'm going to be here in Robbinsdale. I might as well stop by either wicked wart or uh, Nouvelle brewing. And I said, well, I should stop at Nouvelle because I've never been there before. And so I got a beer from Nouvelle Brewing and uh, I got the Willy Chonka Straw Dragon. This is a pastry sour, comes in at 5.2%. Dragon fruit, passion fruit, mango, strawberries, and Meyer lemons with Madagascar vanilla caviar and a touch of milk sugar. My God. Yeah. This thing is, uh, this thing is very fruity and uh, it's very, very good, but it's one of those beers where, 
I'm going to drink the crowler and I couldn't drink anything sweet for another couple days after this. Cause yeah. this is, this is it. You know? I'd like to with, see what with, the calories are mm-hmm. yeah, with the, with the lactose. Is it, is a bit, is it a bit too sweet or not, not overly so, but like you said, you're not going to have, it's not too, I've had, I've had really sweeter beers. Um, but this one's not too bad. This is actually pretty, you know, probably middle of the road in terms of sweetness, but uh, you can really taste the, uh, the dragon fruit in that bad boy and the, uh, and the passion fruit, uh, not so much the strawberries. And then you get a little bit of the lemon in there too. So it's uh it's really good, really good beer and uh, Nouvelle brewing in downtown Robbinsdale in the old travail spot. So uh, travail moved over to the cross the street to where PMA pizza used to be. They've got their whole new thing up there. And now Nouvelle is in that spot and they do pizza and other things like that. It's a cool spot to go into. I was surprised only open until 10 o'clock on Saturdays though, which is, odd to me hmm. i walked in there at like 9 30 and they're like shutting it down i'm like oh, okay all right so yeah uh dave what are you drinking tonight well i i like i said i've basically spent the last two weeks uh out in wisconsin for work for the most part uh, other than this past weekend but uh so i decided it was only fitting uh that i got a wisconsin craft beer and the fact that i knew i wasn't gonna get back in time to uh find something here in minnesota so i ended up uh going with something that I have never tried before, a brewery that I had never tried before. Um, yeah, so kind of exciting from that regard. So I ended up going with a beer from uh, the South Shore Brewery, which is actually on the South Shore of uh, Lake Superior, way up in, in Washburn, Wisconsin. So that's, I've been near Washburn, but I don't think I've ever been in the, the town of Washburn. That's actually north of Ashland, of course, east, east well east of Superior in uh, Northern Wisconsin. And uh, they actually say that uh, it is northern, northern Wisconsin's first microbrewery, and it was established way back in 1995. So they've been around the block before. And uh, no surprise to me after just tasting my first sip of the beer that I got. And I, I actually ended up going with, you know, I, like I said, I wasn't at the brewery, but I ended up going with one of their flagship uh, beers that I think basically was there from the start, probably back in 1995. And that is their... Uh, nut brown ale and this one is an award, an award winner and has received like multiple multiple awards over the last uh oh, 20 years and uh i can see why i mean it's almost the perfect brown brown ale it's really really it's it's very malty but that being said it's super small super smooth it's got a nice aroma to it um and just i think i don't know it's like it's got a tinge of caramel to it probably part of the nut brown ale, but, um, yeah, just really, really easy drinking. Um, understand why it's award winning and it's just very smooth. It comes in at five and a half, 5.8% ABV, but, uh, you wouldn't know it. Um, just very, and talking about, you know, a sweet beer, this does have it because of those caramel malts. It actually does have a hint of sweetness, but certainly in a brown ale, not overwhelming at all. And just has a really nice kind of dark brown color to it, as you'd expect. And yeah, just super, super uh, impressed for a first timer. So yeah, nice. Did not go wrong. I, I was half tempted, and actually, I will disclose, I did end up picking up a twelve pack of uh, Spotted Cow Nuglaris Brewing, of course. Of course famous, famous Wisconsin beer. A lot of people, at least listeners here in Minnesota and Wisconsin area, would know all about it. But I figured, I just that that I'll save for later and drink when I have the chance. But because uh, it is quite famous, but uh, did want to shout out to them, Nuglaris Brewing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, good uh, couple weeks in Wisconsin. So yeah, why not finish it? Finish this weekend with uh, Wisconsin craft beer. There you go. Cool. 
All right, guys, we uh, let's talk some soccer because we had uh, two games this last week. Uh, one was an international friendly on Wednesday night. That was against Everton. Uh, of course, I'm sure everybody knows that's where Heath played. And uh, so there's some, of course, some things with him and that team. And uh, and so I think we talked about this uh, or texts. I thought they weren't going to play any of their starters, but I was totally wrong because they came out with all their starters. I, I think, yeah, Tony, I think we touched on it just briefly last weekend on our last pod that we were, maybe I said it, maybe you guys, I, I mean, I was expecting some rotation. I was even kind of laughing about it. I think I made a, a, you know, a sarcastic remark about, Oh no, you know, stick with what works, you know, after the recent run of form that the loons have been on. So I said, you know, stick with what works, but yeah, in all seriousness, I expected a totally different looking lineup than we ended up seeing Wednesday night because it was essentially the first team lineup. Was it not? I mean, it was, yeah. it was yeah. player for player, yep. which was yeah. stunning. Even, even if, you know, David, like you had mentioned before we came on air that, you know, even if, and this, I think everybody knew it was a plan, even if they're only playing, you know, 45 minutes, it's still surprising. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. Maybe, maybe more so surprising than the uh, starting lineup was the, uh, the result, you know, even into the first half. I mean, we're not going to go into detail, but I no, mean, for those but, of you that watch the game, yeah, Everton kind of came out on the front foot and, you look, and they had a couple golden opportunities in front of goal that you, you thought, okay, Everton, the Premier League club, albeit almost relegated Premier League club, uh, they it looked like they were going to be in control and kind of take over the game and maybe score a couple goal early goals and then put it out of reach. But that did not happen at all. Yeah, uh, you know, I think – it's funny because there have been a lot of people over the last four days who have brought up the fact that Everton uh, was nearly relegated. I mean, they they saved their season on the last game. Uh, Come from behind fashion. Yeah. Dramatic. yeah and they had a, a lights out run that I believe I've read was like historical to, to get to where they uh, – could save themselves on the last week. Um, but, you know, I think it's still, I think it's interesting that people make that point because, I mean, we're still talking the English championship. I mean, even, even if they got relegated, they would be considered top of the English championship. And it's not like the championship is a slough league. I oh, mean, no. we're no. still talking about some incredible quality in that league. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was expecting, you know, the opposite of what we saw um, and, and really what um, Dave, you, you pointed out at the beginning, it, I was expecting that it was going to be Everton, you know, may not like pile it on, but they were at least going to beat us. Um, I, I don't know that I consider MLS on level with English championship, even uh, maybe and, to some degree, but. No, I, I, I don't know that I would either. And um, yeah, one, a quick hitter, I mean, that I had forgotten about, but I mean, Everton is the only, I, well, no, I'm sorry, but I don't, I, I don't want to speak, but I shouldn't say only, but I'm going to say they have not been relegated since the English Premier League, as we know it, you know, came to form, I think in the early nineties, mid nineties, right. um, which was, is, is kind of, you know, special for them. So the, the it was ultra dramatic for them at the end of the last season, but right. you know, you know, first things first, you know, obviously Everton's in their preseason only, well, only a couple of weeks away from the start of the regular season, but they are in the preseason. They're not in midseason form like Minnesota United are. Right. 
but still it, the way the game turned after the first, I don't know, five, 10 minutes was just stunning. Like, and so I'm not, I'm going to put this more on Everton. I think David and Tony, you'd probably agree that Everton kind of looked like shit. Honestly. They, no, they, they did. I, I mean, it, you know, I, I think when you think of other preseason, um, you know, there's preseason in other sports, you know, it's, they're never hundred percent, right? They, they never play hundred percent, you know, maybe, maybe the NFL in week three of the preseason, you know, the first half they played, you know, exactly how you'd expect them to play in the regular season. But, you know, for me, soccer, it's, it's all they had to do was put in 45 minutes. I mean, they've been training hard all pre you think all preseason. Um, they had just played a game against Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would think 45 minutes, 45 minutes, you put out what is probably going to be pretty close to their starting 11 in week one against Chelsea. You would expect 45 minutes of very good EPL football. I mean, or at least 35. I mean, you know, and it, to see that maybe we got five, 10, eight minutes somewhere in there. And then, like you said, yeah, the wheels fell off. I mean, it was just all of a sudden a fire lit under Minnesota's ass, and they just handed it to them. Yeah. Uh, two big stories of this game, guys, uh, and everybody knows we won 4-0, um, was that Ray picked up a knock uh, in this game, which then – I was scared when I first – I mean, everybody was. But, yeah. I mean, I, I when I say scared, I thought it was something – very serious until well, I yeah, saw. And you, it you still expect that. Be. You it's expect it because it's a friendly, right? I mean, you yeah, think the yeah, worst when course. an injury happens in a friendly. And I just, I thought when I real time, and I was watching this game. Fortunately, uh, even though I was at, uh, in a hotel room, I was able to watch it still. And but I mean, I I thought real time it was a non-contact kind of injury. But you know, upon and not to say it still can't be serious, but I mean, upon seeing the replay, it did clearly look like he got a knock on his ankle. I mean, from an opposing, you know. Opposing, the opposing player hit his ankle, yeah. which again still could be serious. I'm not even going to comment uh, about what it could be, but uh, I thought it might have been a non-contact kind of ligament damage. It didn't appear to be that, but again, that's all I'm going to speculate. So, well, along with Reagan in the knock, uh, Jacory Hayes suffered something worse than that. Um, Significantly, he suffered a broken or fractured tibia and fibula uh, in this game. He'll miss the rest of the season. And uh, that's something that could be uh, potentially career ending, uh, breaking those two bones like that. Um, yeah, Tony, yeah, da- uh, David and I were talking off air before we started. And I think you had gone off. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right, Tony. It could be. But this fortunately, and I say fortunately because it could have been worse, even though this is terrible. It could have been worse in the fact that it was a non-displaced tibia, right. tibia yeah. fracture. Yeah. So it's not like your bones protruding, you know, no. where you're, it literally separates, but you still have a fracture on both those. Uh, yeah. And I mean, the healing time for those is uh, significantly better. Um, yeah. Obviously it's still end of se- you know, ending of his season, but um, yeah, I mean, they could have been way, way worse. I mean, you, and you think of soccer sometimes when you think of those breaks, like there are some gruesome videos out on, the uh, Google verse of athletes, especially soccer players, yeah. breaking which those legs, which I um, don't watch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, reminds me, Joe Theismann, Lawrence Taylor. 
Oh yeah, that's true. There's yeah, yes. that one is yeah. well, that's a, and that's the, a tough watch. And the uh, I hate to throw these out because there's I have seen a few. And then what's his name? Um, oh, help me. The the core he was playing for Washington at the time, played for Kansas City. A great special on ESPN about him. Darn uh, for Kansas City. Yeah, played for Kansas City. Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Yeah, he yeah. suffered a, a very eerily similar injury to Joe Theismann. You know, I think same time of the year, it was like, it was just very eerily similar to what Theismann suffered, but Alex Smith suffered. Yeah. But, you know, fortunately for Alex, and that's why if you guys haven't seen it on ESPN, I think it's on ESPN Plus now, there's a documentary about his, you know, essentially road to recovery. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. But anyway, uh, Yeah, well, I, I just want to bring one more up because this is, I, if there's any uh, wrestling fans out there, uh, there was a wrestler named Sid Vicious back in the day. And he had a, an, an injury like this on live TV where he actually came down. I think he jumped off a top rope or something and his whole leg just buckled and you watch it in real time. And it's just like, Holy shit. This is, I mean, it's, it just looks, looks terrible. So, yeah, you, you know, these leg bones take a lot to break. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, they're pretty impressive bones. So when that, when those types of injuries occur, um, you know, it was, it's, it's a rough, it's a rough contact. And I mean, that was rough contact on Hayes. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was harsh. Did you, and did you, Oh, so, I mean, I, like I said, I was watching the game, but I did not see a replay. I did not see it live action for some reason. You saw the replay. Yeah. yeah could, so they, they showed one replay of it, I think. Um, and it, yeah, it was, it was uh, right below the shin guard for both him and Delhi, uh, they just knocked full speed right into each other, right, mm -hmm. right below the shin guard. Um, and I think Delhi's was actually on the shin guard. Um, and which might explain why yeah, Hayes got the worst of it. Yeah. yeah and, then, um, and then that's, we were taught, I mean, we were talking again before we started, but yeah, at the end of the game, like I said, I didn't see it uh, live and, but I, we did see, Jacory Hayes's reaction, you know, towards the end of the game, and we we're just yeah, he's pretty happening. Pissed. What's happening? Yeah, yeah. and it, it's know. it's crazy too because you know obviously he was walking around, mm -hmm. um, which is what's pretty pretty nuts about breaks, which you know maybe a, a good sign too because obviously it was it was um, mild enough to where they weren't overly concerned with him, yeah, moving around. Well, and during and after the match and. So. I think I think adrenaline is a adrenaline is a factor too. I mean, when you sure. get something yeah. like that, adrenaline kicks in and does it. So, but anyways, guys. So they beat Everton. Those two big hits came out of that game. We'll see what happens with Ray coming up as we move into this game uh, from last night against Houston down in Texas. The uh, Dylan Walpers Derby for the fifty-first time, or the <laughs> frick it is. Um, we we saw the lineup guys and Ray wasn't in the lineup, and he wasn't even on the uh, on the um in the sub. So yeah, he was. And he traveled. He tra traveled. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's not. I think that was probably a mental game more than anything. Yeah. I think yeah. uh, Heath put him as questionable, had him travel. You know, so Houston doesn't quite know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's not stunning, obviously, that he wasn't out there. I mean, I think I I was certainly disappointed. And maybe, obviously, not that it, maybe he wasn't. I mean, we all know, you know, this team kind of flows through Ray when Ray's on, and he has been for the last month, obviously. And uh, so disappointed in that regard, not in the 18 also. 
So your eyebrows raise a little bit, but hopefully this was just, okay. A necessary, you know, he never, he rarely sits a game. Maybe this was yeah. just a necessary timing. This, the schedule has been very condensed over the last month with the midweek games and friendlies. Sure. So, and I texted you guys. I don't remember when that was. It might've been sometime before the match. And I had said, you know, this would be the game for him to sit because yes, we've got so many big games coming up that, you know, Houston, you know, you're hoping to at least get a draw. Yeah. Um, and so let him rest here. So he's prepared for um, what we've got Austin. And I don't even remember who we've got. No, I, so, I forgot. Yeah. But looked, but uh, yeah. Austin and yeah, Portland coming up. Uh, Portland and RSL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, we're all talking about one loss in there in this group of I think it was five games over the next six. Yeah, could be detrimental to our positioning. Right. So, given the Western Conference, so yeah. But anyway, so that being said, that kind of uh, r- brings us into without Ray. Uh, they kind of threw out an interesting uh, starting eleven, um, to say mm-hmm. the least. So, yeah, compared to what we've been used to seeing. So, I was yeah. kind of hoping we wouldn't see the four three three again. Well. You know, and we were, the names but... and the names that were you know out there. I get well. I yeah. shouldn't say names. There was at least you know one. You know, uh, Gucci got the start in the mid. That that was kind of good. Yeah, I was excited feet. about that. Yeah, um, and if you if you watch the Everton game that we just thought not to go back to it, but he he looked good in that game. Um, a lot of the well, everybody it seemed like that came on in the second half looked pretty darn good. You yeah. know, versus Everton's. You know, yeah, I was I was hoping, and I, I responded to. Uh, I don't remember who was on Twitter now. Um, he was at uh, Brian Gilchrist, I think it was, um, was asking what we wanted to see for uh, a lineup. And I wanted the, you know, standard 4-2-3-1 with Lud at the 10 and then Kibunguchi in, in midfield, defensive mid with Rosales. So I was pretty excited to, to see him get the start, um, even if it wasn't exactly how I wanted it. But, um, yeah, I think he deserved it, as you said. Against Everton, he played very well. And they, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing, the other the on the eighteen, I noticed uh, Alan Benitez was was available last night, and I wasn't, con- I wasn't convinced. Obviously, we knew coming into you know once we acquired him, he had some you know green card issue or not green card uh, work. I guess you'd call it work permit issues, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was I wasn't even sure if that you know obviously he played uh, and then we should have brought that up, but he uh, Benitez made his you know M and UFC debut against Everton, but I wasn't sure if that if even if he was available to play in an MLS match, I didn't know if that was separate. Well, I guess we don't have to worry about that anymore. Yep. He was available on the 18th, so I thought that was kind of cool to see as well. So, yeah, and then so, have you know Rosales, just an interesting lineup. So very, yeah. I mean, it was very interesting, and and it's because of Ray not being there. I think he kind of mixed things up a little bit. And if Ray had been available, it would have been our usual, you know, four two three one. Do you think? Yeah, I think coming out of the Everton, I mean, you, you know, guys like Nico Hansen, um, Kevin Gucci, I mean, Benitez, throw out these names that. You know, maybe, you know, getting to see these guys play, you know, it's a friendly, but it's still they're they're, you know, they're playing for their jobs. And I mean, all these guys, I know they're playing against Everton's, you know, second or third team even. But, you know, a lot of those guys, those young guys that haven't seen a lot of minutes this season, if any minutes this season for the first team for uh, for Minnesota United look pretty look pretty special. Look, they, they flashed. And so it was nice to see these guys 
kind of get re- rewarded with either, you know, starting spot like Kevin Gucci or, or even available off the bench. So mm-hmm. good to see. Yeah. So this game starts off guys uh, kind of where we didn't get to really watch the first 15 minutes of the game. Like I told you guys before the podcast went to Connor's house. It was on the CW. All we right. had to screw around with trying to get, you know, get a stream somewhere. And so. for, for, for our listeners, uh, save our listeners since since i didn't see the first 15 minutes either you none of us did we can maybe fast forward (laughs) yeah we don't have to watch we didn't talk about that Uh, there were some misses there were some good things bad things um but we did get to watch this in the uh around the 30 i think it was 30th minute uh amaria had him had a miss he had a header it looks like he got kind of he got a hip pointer a hip flexor something in his lower back uh he tried to kind of play through it but in the 33rd minute, he had to come off because it just was too painful for him. So Dunlady came in and I haven't heard anything. Have you guys seen anything on Twitter? Anything nothing. About- yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah, nothing. And in fact, I, I made the you know mistake of, of the time at the time. I made the mistake of assuming it, it wasn't much and it was a precautionary, uh, you know, he left for precautionary reasons. But I didn't understand or I mean, because all I saw was he, he walked off of his own power. He was yeah. obviously upset, but. You know, it didn't look like he was favoring anything. But then again, I've never had a hip pointer. I don't know yeah, uh, what that feels like. Obviously, it must be incredibly painful. But uh, it looks like it because he was on the ground the first time it happened for a while. And they were actually brought the stretcher out. Mm. Um, so they were concerned. But obviously, he tried to play through it and yeah. didn't, didn't do it. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of the big thing there in the, in the beginnings. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's really anything else I, DJ Taylor had a shot. He missed from outside the box. Uh, it was kind of back and forth. It wasn't really back and forth, to tell you the truth, guys. It was more Houston held on to the ball a lot. Um, and they just couldn't get anything going. And we get the ball. We, we were kind of doing, was it uh, a couple of years ago, guys, we talked about this, where we would win games where we had possession for like 30% of the time, but we were getting yeah, right. we yeah. the counterattack and we could just hold on. This game was pretty much what that – what they were doing is they yeah were... this, this reminded me I, I think that was 20 2019 mm-hmm. where um a one episode that we recorded i had brought up stats that that showed that we had never won a game when we had uh more than 50 percent uh yeah. possession um in that season and um this I, of course, I came on right before half. I looked at the stats at halftime, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is uh, looking like one of the oh. one of those games." Hopefully, um, it's it's staggering, really. I mean, the you see the possession numbers, like even in in the heyday of you know Minnesota and their lack of possession, mm-hmm. which is fine in the four two three one. David, like I think you pointed out in previous episodes, but this was seventy two to twenty seven percent possession for the game yeah. i should say yeah i think the, I, se- the second half was maybe a little better but the first half and it's really in the first i not, not, i think i mean in the first few minutes again i'm not going to get into details but just watching the highlights um houston had their best chances probably in the first 10 minutes of this game their expected goals shot up you know and probably at that point of the game maybe should have had a lead or at least had a reasonable chance of taking the lead, but they did not do that in the first half. Didn't take advantage, Tony, like you pointed out. So they, they couldn't. Houston could not get anything going. It was and, yeah. like there was, it's like their feet were stuck in the mud. 
Were you guys and, expecting a Darwin Quintero goal early on? Uh, so I had said that he'd score. Yeah, a little bit. But really, um, he didn't do he didn't do really anything last night. I mean, he he did, didn't seem like he did like, much. Nothing. I mean, it yeah, was uh, it was really kind of like I said, they, like their feet were stuck in the mud. Houston's were. I mean, they just couldn't get anything going. We of course come on the counterattack. We wouldn't hold the ball too long. It was it was really like I said. Like from long ago, from a couple of years ago, our team from 2019 is what it felt like. Yeah. And, yeah, and, you know, and maybe even earlier this. Oh, sorry, David, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say that this is a, this is a story of, of right now, of Houston, like ever since Herrera came in, mm-hmm. um, they have not been able to figure out how to get that attacking front to do anything to work yeah. period yeah. and um it, it worked in our favor for sure uh mm-hmm. you could see it uh you know even though i only saw the second half i mean every single time they brought the, brought the ball down their passing was was actually pretty pretty good mm-hmm. um wasn't great but it was it was decent um and actually i take that back now that i look at the stats it wasn't it was 89 percent passing mm-hmm. so I mean, they had their passing was actually pretty decent, like very good. Um, but every single time they tried to do something, they just miss. It, it's the story of what we were earlier yes. this season. Correct, nailed it. Correct. Just miss, just correct. miss, just that, miss. Yeah, that's that's exactly when I interrupted you. Sorry for that, but when I interrupted you, that's exactly where I was going to go. It reminds me of what Minnesota United looked like in most of May and early June, uh, with with. You know, I, this, it's a story. It's a story of okay, fine. And I didn't even, you know, if you said their passing was good, that's one thing. But you know, they had numerous shots, but only literally less than a handful were on target. You know, yeah, twenty-two and, shots. Yeah. So that that you nailed it. So thanks for hitting on that. Yeah, it, it did remind me of what Minnesota was going through. You know, not too long ago, although it seems kind of seems like a lifetime ago after the run of form they've been on. But yeah, yeah, good point. So. Uh, guys, let's move on to really right before the half, because this first goal by the by the Loons was absolutely fantastic. Added time. Yeah. And it's added time. And it all starts with DJ Taylor, guys, because DJ Taylor gets the ball back in our in our area there, our zone, wins a ball, gets it to Bongi. Bongi flies up this uh, run, this run up to the center. Of the of the pitch, and then finds with a sweet pass, finds Fragapone making a run, and then Franco dekes out the goalie and scores a goal. I mean, this well, yeah. goal was fantastic. I I can't wait to hear David break it down because uh, yeah, I mean, you it's just good on good on good action if you're yeah. a Minnesota United fan because I mean, you start with you, I'm not going to repeat what you said, Tony, but yeah, you. <laughs> What blew me away is just Bongi on the ball, blowing by, showing. We know he's fast. We know he has Mm -hmm. that raw talent, but full display. And then, you know, I think he drew that talent right. I mean, he got almost, how far did he get? Almost to, almost to, he didn't quite get to the 18, but about halfway there. But then, you know, he draws the the defenders on them, somehow threads the needle. Mm -hmm. And then I think, I think at that point, Franco was kind of an afterthought for those defenders. And certainly the goalkeeper. Um, because the run that and then Franco turned on his jets. Yeah, those that was incredible. 
Yeah, to get around the last defender. I mean, that's why I said the defender almost lost Franco there, and def- and Franco just burned it. And then, yeah, I think it was too late at that time for the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper came off his line, of course, to try and stop him. But yeah, too little, too late. Um, Phenomenal. Three. Yeah, I would say I would add one thing to that. I think, um, in my opinion, I felt Clark was a little bit came out of his came off his line a little bit. Um, and I don't know if he was expecting Bongi to, yeah, he was to sure. maybe actually split the defenders and keep it himself mm-hmm. because he came out and he came toward Bongi. Yep. And maybe he just thought that he was going to be able to head off that pass. I don't know. And then realize yeah. that he was going to be outside of the box or something. I don't know. I, I, but I, the teamwork is just incredible. And I just like a line from my can't, I think 40 year old version effort came out of nowhere. I mean, Franco just came out of nowhere yeah. with that run to, but the, the chemistry between Bongi and Franco there, like yeah. it, it's like they've practiced that over and over and practice or something because you hardly, I mean, even Bongi, how he, how he know, how he has that presence of mind to think that Franco might somehow be able to make that run is just incredible. Dave, we're an explicit podcast. You can say fucker came out of nowhere. You okay. can say that. <laughs> oh, he just turned it on there. I'm just watching the replay um, now. But as as so. impressive as it all was, guys, this doesn't start without DJ Taylor getting the ball there. Um, DJ Taylor has done some fantastic things since he's been on the pitch, and. Yeah, and and I truly, I hate to see him uh, be moved off the pitch for uh, the new guy Benitez. Well, if it happens. he might not be. I mean, that's, you know, that's it's. Yeah. I think this is a situation where uh, Taylor has an opportunity to step up and show he mm-hmm. belongs on starting eleven. Yeah. Um, so I, hopefully, I I'm with you, Tony. Hopefully, um, well, he he does. I mean, he and he is, but hopefully, he yeah. continues um, the. Yeah, without doubt. Yeah. And then, yeah, we talk. Yeah, I hope that's the case too. And like competition and practice is absolutely a great thing, even though, you know, they brought in a player like Benitez caliber, you know. And the other thing, you know, too, maybe Benitez and DJ Taylor could share the field. Uh, like, I, I just don't know enough to say that's a possibility or not. But. Uh, there, well, yeah, I mean, depending on the news of what we'll talk about after the match, um, yeah. there, there is a possibility there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think Taylor, Taylor's been fantastic. He really has. So, guys, we go into the half. We're up by one, which is fantastic. In Houston, in Texas, where we suck. We all know we suck in Texas. And it was um, like 200-degree heat index. We, we exactly. do. We do. But didn't uh, didn't Minnesota go down there last year and win? And so yeah. Maybe, yeah. We're tur- maybe we're turning, yeah, maybe we're turning the corner. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, because we've actually – Houston's the only – we've beaten them the most of any team, haven't we, mm-hmm. now consecutively? So. Yeah. And, they, and I know they did manage to beat Houston on the road in Houston last year. So yeah. uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe uh, something happening here. Yeah, we're getting better. I don't know. So we come out of the half, guys, and it's same story. I mean, Houston's got chances. Houston's got the possession. And we're just trying to counterattack. Yeah, it's really our, the same. Passing was getting worse and worse mm-hmm. in the second yeah. half. Yeah, it was, oh. and uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't pretty. Okay, it was no. But, I saw somebody say it was ugly, and that's an understatement. <laughs> but it, but I don't think there's really any. I mean, watching it, Connor's house, him as dad. I don't think there was a point where the three of us were thinking we're in trouble, you know, because of Houston's ineptitude. 
at doing anything, you know? Right. And I even said, I think, um, I think the only reason we're winning this match is because it's Houston. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and then I also did say though, that, you know, you, you bend enough and eventually you're going to break. You know, I think of, I think of how you have a piece of plastic and you can bend it back and forth, back and forth, Mm -hmm. back and forth, and eventually it'll snap. And that's, that's where we were. That's where we were headed about the 55th, 60th minute. Like that's where we were reaching. We were just bending it. The defense was bending back and forth, back and forth. And it, it it was going to snap eventually. Um, It's just bound to, but um, you know, if you can, keep up the counterattack in this instance mm-hmm. um, and, and get yourself a cushion, then, yep. you know, that break may not be that big of a deal. Um, yeah. It's, it's again, if you can keep counterattacking and kind of getting your chances, which we were um, you can, you can have a bend don't break type of defense and still win games. We talked yeah. about it. We, we did it in 2019, I think. Uh, but the big story guys in the second half, and really what we should have been talking about the whole game and the whole podcast should have been devoted to one man. <laughs> the highlight of the year, maybe? Or is that a stretch? Well, could be. His name is Bongi. Um, he decided that this would be the game. He'd come out and score a goal. Like I predicted in our prediction segment last, last week, I predicted yep. that Bongi would score a goal, and he did. And uh, it was... I mean, it was Bongi. It was really good. It was I mean, really, it was really good. good. Um, I think the pass, I'm trying to think of the pass came from this is it by Nico, by Day's guy, Nico Hansen, by the yep. way. Yes. Because Nico also looked good in Everton, by the way. Yeah. Nico, Nico came in for Franco uh, right before the Bongi goal. Um, so it was <laughs> great pass from Hansen. Uh, Bongi gets it yeah. on the right side yeah, yeah. and just. I mean, Nico Hansen, I think the only thing I because I did see this one as well and in, in live, the only thing I can off the top of my head is like the space that Nico Hansen, that mm-hmm. Houston gave Nico Hansen to come up mm-hmm. the middle, into the middle, yep. you know, and then just to pass it off to, it was almost surprising. So, I mean, credit to Nico for making the run and, and, and you know, assisting Bongi with his first goal was, and, was great to see, but also a little surprising by Houston to allow that much space in the center of their you know, the, you know, going into the attacking third, but and yeah, the, the moment we've been all waiting for, for Bongi, sure. Bongi made a move on a guy. I he didn't did. think Bongi had it in him, but he made a move on a guy. You know? I, yeah. You know, I don't know if that went down as a duel or not, um, yeah. but you know, that move was fantastic. Got mm-hmm. it on his left foot mm-hmm. and it shot that man, a good pace. Uh, it was a really good angle. Um, yeah, but the next big question after the Bongi goal was what was his celebration? Did you guys see it? Yeah, so I missed it. I didn't see the celebration. The celebration was some sort of like he puts his hands in front of his face and he was doing like kind of like like a snake type of thing. I don't know. I was too busy uh, celebrating myself to, to to watch his celebration. I think when, when yeah. I saw him score, I, I was just like, oh, my God, I stopped like, paying attention. He moves. He puts his hands like down in front of his, well, not in front of his face, but up to his shoulders. And he like moved his head like this. Uh, I'm watching the replay now. I like, see I don't know. What, what, what is that? I don't know. I don't know what uh, you yeah, call it. Somebody will have to ask him. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's, I mean, it might have something to 
Oh, maybe yeah. there's an animal in South Africa that does that. Well, and maybe that's tied maybe, to maybe he's or... maybe he's referencing, you know, because Tony, you brought you mentioned it, the move that uh, uh, that Bongi put on his defender before he, he you know hit hit that far yeah. post shot it was pretty impressive. Maybe he's like moving like a snake. Oh, you know, maybe maybe, maybe like is. Maybe he, he does that celebration only because of that move that he put around his defender sure. and then left footed far post. Sure. I mean, that was a, that was pretty, that was nice to see. Um, it's possible. I did, after that goal, I did get up, go outside of Connor's house and look down, I think, to the south, be the southeast. And I did right. see fireworks and a whole big, a lot of lights coming from I, South Africa. That's a that's an impressively high firework. It, well, they were. Yeah. I think they lit off the whole. I think the country lit off all their fireworks at the same time. And then you know, and maybe maybe I didn't uh, wasn't keeping up to date with the uh, text thread that we had probably during that game. But um, did um, what I was curious about the most is David. You said you you were watching the second half, so you watched that goal. Did you break out the Vuvuzela? Uh, <laughs> I, I I I believe I told you guys that I I looked at it. Mm-hmm. And I made a move toward it, and I realized that I would have been murdered in my sleep had I actually done it. That's um, the unfortunate part about a night game. Um, I half thought about bringing it out now, and then I was like, it's 9 o'clock. On the East Coast, yeah. Probably yeah. not be a good idea. Yeah, well, maybe I'll have a chance to blow but it. I did blow it earlier today. Hey. Well, maybe have a chance to blow it on Saturday because it's a two o'clock game Saturday. So that's right. That's right. Good yeah. point. Good mm-hmm. point. Oh wait, I yeah, that might not work either. Actually, what are you busy again? Yeah, actually, is it is it date day? No, it's not. Oh. No, it, it's fine if it is. Um, so yes, but maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay. So yes, Bongi scores his first goal uh, for the Loons. Fantastic. Um, and then it's pretty much we're up to no guys, so we should be able to put this game to bed, really. Of course, it's Houston. It's how it always works. That's how it works. Uh, Benitez comes in in the 78th minute uh, for Bongi. Uh, Kalman comes in for Taylor, so we're kind of parking the bus. Really, we're going defensive, which he loves to do at the end of the games. Which, uh, mind you, at this stage of the game, that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. You would think so. Not at halftime. Not at halftime. Right. Um, but unfortunately, they do get a, the Houston does get a goal in the eighty fifth minute. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Fafa. Fafa Picol. Fafa Picol gets a goal there in the uh, from outside the box. Uh, it right into it the bottom nice right shot. corner. Very nice shot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to spend any time criticizing? Is it I, I mean, I would love to criticize I, Robin Lud because Robin Lud had op- ample opportunity to close that down, and he did. Is it? What about? Is it? Ki- Kibanguchi, um, Kibanguchi gave him the inside run, which was. I mean, it's fine, mm-hmm. but Robin oh, Lud oh, was see, right I, there. I see. And he just at. stood yeah. and watched. Yeah, I, mean, I see. Literally that. watched. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was pretty. I, I was miffed by mm. his his just choice he's, to do nothing. Yeah, he's not marking anybody. He's just out in space. Right. He could have closed from that angle. Yeah, and I, I I only you know full disclosure. I'm only noticing that right now as we talk about it. But yeah, you're right, David. That is it is a little miffing actually. Where yeah, he's I just mean, basically walking. He's marking nobody. Mm-hmm. He's just in space. He could have closed as well to help out on defense. Yep. But yeah, just. 
And, yeah. it, you know, I think the only reason I really caught that live was because he was on my mind during that game. Um, mm-hmm. Just due to the news that we'll be discussing. Yes. So, get a goal. doesn't really matter because we end up winning Two to one. I mean, guys. it didn't. It didn't matter, but it. You know, then you got to watch the next five plus added minute. You know, which extra, like a little with a little bit of nerve because, nah, really. gosh, it'd be. It's always a shame. You know, like it's a shame to blow any lead, but if you blew a two point lead on the road, that would have been frustrating. So it just made the last five eight minutes a little more nerve wracking than it should have been. But yeah. you know, to be anxiety fair, levels were high here in Florida. Well, but to be fair, I mean, it, I don't think they had any serious threats after that. Um, I don't think so either. No. And, and, and that was, they didn't have many serious threats the whole game. So, no. you know, it is what it is. Minnesota got out of there with a, a well-deserved victory for sure. So, yes. And continuing, what are, what are we, what are we on now? Five wins and six matches, a uh, six game unbeaten streak. Our best uh, six game uh, streak in terms of points ever, I believe mm-hmm. in the history of, yeah, of right. and, yeah. doesn't support, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah, certainly five wins in six mm-hmm. games, you know, is pretty impressive. Yeah. And, and we've, and, of course, we've jumped up the uh, standings with these uh, five wins in six games. We're yeah, now I mean, nicely in third place. Yeah. Yes. It, it, it's nice. And, and it's nice because I think most, all of us, including Connor, who's not on this one, but I think we all kind of expected Minnesota to be in this three through six position mm-hmm. at least through the majority of the season. And they were not, you know, a month ago before this streak. So I feel like we got back to where we thought we'd all be, you know, here, you know, now. And so they, this was a much needed run and it is a nice third, but it's not a great third because, you know, third to what 10th, 11th is, is still thick yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. as you'd expect. But just imagine, imagine if uh, say we're talking about five wins and six matches, what if they got three wins in six matches? It would look considerably different. So, yeah. I mean, technically Houston and Colorado are still sitting there too. I mean, yeah, I mean, the if so if we would lose next week and and we could uh and Nashville could flip the goal difference. Uh we could actually drop to 7th with or 6th with a loss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's pretty crazy. It uh, is crazy. And that's but that's why yeah. that's why I said like, okay, well, they're on a good run of form, but what if they had only won three or four instead of five? You know, it's wait, uh, we could drop to seventh with the loss. Yeah, not good, not surprising. But so much needed, much needed run. And, and I feel like this is a makeup for what they did. They underachieved. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, this is, this is, yeah, Dave, as you said, this is kind of where we expected a balloons to be on paper. This is where they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it is welcomed to see this. Now, however, let's not run out of gas before the um, home stretch. But That's right, yeah. So, looking good in the standings. Um, we got a game coming up with Portland next week. We'll talk about that and we'll do our predictions for that. Um, our final predictions. Uh, just let everybody know. Uh, David and Connor got the uh, got the score right. Two one win. Um, awesome. I I had a two nil win, and I also had Bongi. Uh, scoring his first goal, so I should get double points for that. Um, I should. And Dave, lone lone Dave, had a one to one draw. Well, remember now. I'm gonna. Pre- I preface my prediction, and I'll probably do this every week until I actually get one correct. That I have never predicted a proper scoreline. So, you know, I, I think I've had three out of four. 
or is it yeah, three out of pretty, five? Something you're like yeah, something like that. Yeah, I take I take small minor victories in the sense that well, at least I predicted uh, Houston score correctly, yeah. <laughs> you know the goal line correctly. But oh boy. So yeah, um, guys, let's take a quick break. We come back from the break. We're going to talk about Robin Lud because of the uh, uh, the uh, news story that came out. Well, kind of a rumor. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a rumor. And I mean, if it's, it's from ESPN, at least. Yeah. Well, and, and if it's true, then some things will be shaken up. Uh, we will, uh, of course, do the predictions for next week's game against Portland. And then I have uh, one not really funny story. It's kind of a crazy story out of Florida about a lady, and, lady and a fish. So uh, we're back in just one minute. And we're back. Took a quick break. Got some. Dave did some laundry. Um, about it. Oh, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, when you get to our age, you know, you really yeah do things like that during your breaks. You know, something fun. It's something fun, really. It's like laundry, <laughs> putting away some dishes. Oh, that's that's why I want to get back out to a brewery, Tony. Because during our breaks, then it's oh, we'll get another beer. You know. Yeah. Well, there you go. We got the setup. I just need you guys to come over and test it at some point. Yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah. So let's start this, guys, by talking about the Robin Lud rumors, probably truth. Um, there is a he has been the, the loons have been offered uh, what two million bucks, right from Toulouse uh, from Toulouse in the Liga One, um, for Robin Lud. Like I said on text, guys, I think that if this was earlier in the season, I think they might have actually done it. But now it's late in the season, or it's mid-season, I should say. Uh, we've got some injuries in the midfield. Robin Lewis has been taken over kind of in the midfield a little bit. Um, he also works well up in one of the wings. It's Do they do it or not? I mean, well, I mean, I might – I guess I'll start. I hate, I don't want to seven you guys, but I'll start and saying, Tony, you, st- you started with, okay. Um, hopefully, you know, a guy, a guy like Kervin Ar- Ariaga is on his way back and, and mm-hmm. mostly healthy, which I assume that's the case, but yeah, now with Corey Hayes going down um, and the fact, again, he's, he's kind of our Swiss army knife. He plays all over the pitch play. Can he can play the nine. He can play the, probably play the 10 and the wings we know and now in the defensive mid role i I, i'm gonna say i don't think they can possibly do it and i'm gonna throw on top of that we we we've known for a couple few years now that i think robin lude is is one of heath's like guys like he Mm -hmm. you know heath played him over and over even when he started his career here with minnesota where he wasn't scoring he wasn't scoring but he would say over and over you know, he's one of the most technical guys that we have. I mean, I think in Heath's mind that, you know, he's, I'm not going to say invaluable, but I mean, that asking price has to be tremendously high for, for Heath, in my opinion, to give, to, to sell a guy like Robin Wood. So I'm going to say no, but so watch me, be, watch me be proven wrong, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, before this podcast is even released. So, you know, um, I, I'm going to be the downer David okay. and, uh, say i i think it's i think it's true um and i bet we do it well, i'm not uh, denying the i'm not denying the yeah rumors. i'm just yeah, saying right I, yeah I, i'm just saying i think we do it because um 
I, I just think it's weird. You know, it's been over a month or almost over a month now since news came out that we extended Debassi's contract. He was, Lode was part of the, every article I've seen so far that he was next. Well, now it's been four weeks since that article came out and here we are, well, four weeks tomorrow, I believe. Um, and here we are, no contract extension. Um, I, I think I saw somebody say how uh, on Twitter yesterday or today, today it was um, how, you know, Lud has said how he's happy here. His family likes it here. Um, I, you know, I responded and said, look, players say stupid shit all the time. Sometimes they lie. Sometimes they mean it, but that doesn't, and, and sometimes they mean the, those things too, but that doesn't mean they're not willing to leave. <laughs> um, I think, you know, you're looking at a guy from Finland. His family's from Finland. He's, he, all for, as far as I know, his extended family's in Finland. Um, he's been in the United States now for three years. Um, it makes sense to want to go back to Europe. I mean, plain yeah. and simple. Um, I, so I don't, I don't find that to be crazy um, in terms of whether we would do it. Um, you know, yeah, injuries are mounting, right? Yeah. But you see things. I, I've seen it a lot this season. You know, Lud tries to prove me wrong every time I say it. But he isn't playing the way he used to. You know, yes, he still has, what, six goals this season? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still something about him. There's like, he's not quite up to the same speed he was. You know, the, the Picot goal, you know, he's being a little lazy in defense. I've seen this quite a bit this season. Um, you know, he's I, – I'm going to go out and say that he doesn't want to be our Swiss Army knife. I mean, I, I would think that would be wearing on a person. And I think we, we've argued that actually with um, Hassani Dotson about how he's constantly played somewhere else and never where he was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have a feeling that it's – yeah, I think I think Heath really likes him, but from a business perspective, I don't think Robin Lud is going to be worth two million dollars next season, and it, no. especially with the fact that he's got a contract, um, he's not going to be worth anything. So, um, I think we end up taking it. Now, I do believe that there's a chance that maybe that two million is going to go up because it we need him, and maybe we're going to, you know, kind of dig in our heels, and maybe yeah. Toulouse will raise it a little bit. But I bet it happens. I well, really do. That's that's a good that's a good breakdown, David. And that, like, yeah, I don't I wouldn't look, yeah, that's not downer, David. That's a very well thought out take, actually. And you know, my my take was was off the cuff and kind of more of a hopeful take than anything. I think what really struck me with the way you broke that down was the fact that, yeah, I think you know, before we came on, I was talking about you know, how, when I first saw that rumor, I was kind of surprised. I thought, wait a minute. I thought they already extended, you know, uh, his contract, but they, of course they didn't, it was Debassy. And, and then I think, unfortunately for a fan of Robin Lude and this team, that the fact that they didn't, they haven't since haven't, you know, re-signed Lude to a multi-year extension is probably the biggest red flag. And uh, yeah, that, that, when you brought that up, that kind of made me, Sad because that that might be the biggest uh, warning sign right there, which yep. 
yeah and it yeah and as i said before we went on air i thought as well when i first saw the rumor that he had been extended um Mm -hmm. until i actually researched it so um i mean obviously their contracts it's not like they just get handed out within a few days but three weeks i mean four weeks that's three four weeks that's a lot yeah and in those four weeks negotiations negotiations could have been going on and they might have hit a standstill and that's when they put him kind of out there and said look we want to get as much as we can for him now because he's want to sign a contract and maybe that's what's it, happened you know and it's i think i saw his salary is 975 he's yeah. pretty high um yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, but with that said, you know, Dave, your point is is very spot on. We, well, and I think Tony mentioned it too. Uh, the the injuries in midfield are a scary situation, and mm-hmm. if there is somebody that can play a ten, God forbid, Ray is, you know, more injured than we think. You know, Lud would be that guy. Um. Uh, but I think Benitez, uh, and I and mentioned this on Twitter, Benitez is very good dribbling. He's very good off the ball. He's, his passing is very good. I think he could play at a right wing. And then, uh, But, I mean, you know, and then your points, David, the ripple effect is look what came out of last night's game with, with Armaria going down. If he's out for a month, I mean, I hope true. he's not, but that would be – if we're speculating on what injury – he he suffered in a hip now a hip point a hip pointer would be what a month on the well so yeah i was saying you know with the research that i was doing i i used the nba because i figured their the the contact and the the movement and everything is very similar um or relatively similar it's three to four weeks usually yeah yeah because depending on if there's a fracture I mean, are we prepared to see Abu Dunladi up top for a month? Oh, God, hopefully not. But now there have been rumors that we're looking at mm, uh, forward from South America, right? Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, these I are advanced saw, rumors, too. Advanced right. rumors. Yeah. And I just saw on Twitter this morning that there's a certain Scottish Premier player who has been relegated to the bench because his uh, team signed a new player and he even got his number changed by the team. Uh-oh. So, uh, and we try that before though with some guy, what was his name? Who got benched and we picked him up. I think it was like Adrian Anu or Oh, yeah, but you know, at least this guy's maybe played with the team before. Oh, that guy? Oh. We don't want to bring that guy in. But I, I mean, I don't know. I, but I thought that was really, really pretty interesting when I saw this mm-hmm. morning on Twitter. I was like, oh, so suddenly Christian Ramirez is out of favor in Aberdeen. Uh, and, yeah. you know, we might need ourselves a forward. Not happen. No. I could, I, that, I could just say it. If that happened, I, I think that there are some fans on Twitter who just go ape shit. And just be like, hey, see, I told you so. Uh, you know, maybe, but. And then he'd come here and he wouldn't score any goals. And then everybody blame yeah, Adrian Heath. Probably be how it happened, yeah. Right. Adrian Heath be the blame for fucking up Christian Ramirez. And a second time. A second time. And then we, you know, whatever. It's a vicious cycle. It's a circle of life, really. Circle of life. Um, but no, I, just before we get out of the Lud talk, guys. I looked up on his the transfer market.com. Uh, 
His last uh, market value was done last November, and he was a $3.85 million player. Uh, I'm sure that value has probably gone down a little bit this year, but not much. Um, So I would hope they get more than $2 million out of of that team. You know, it's interesting point. Um, Generally, when a player is in the last year, his contract is valued down because – the team sure. has to get rid of them before they don't get any money. True, true, true. Um, which I kind of glossed over when I mentioned that. So I guess, you know, 3.85 last year, and now he's on the end of a contract. Yeah. I mean, but, a million, 1.8 million, that's a lot. But And we're, we're throwing out numbers, and it's all a lot. I mean, that's a lot of money. Well, right, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean how in- Dave, stop giving up the fact that we don't know this shit. I mean, yeah. But I mean, okay, another thing we don't know, a lot of people don't know, if we're talking, let's say we're, even number, let's say it's two million. I mean, does that come into this team as like Tam or Gam? Because uh, you know, I think the MLS is still an entity. They take care of transactions. They, so, does this money get allocated to Minnesota United? So they, the league Tam gets Tam. some. Yeah. We get some. The player gets some, yeah. and then we would get the rest. The rest. Yeah. I don't know what that breakdown is. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Yeah. It's going. It'd be, it would be a net. I mean. Yeah, you lose a player like Robin Lou, but there would be a net. I mean, there would be a I not I shouldn't say a net game, but there would be a game. It's not like we're losing, right? And it's uh, real money. It's not Garber yeah. bucks. No, yeah. it's real money. Yeah. It's yeah. all good. It's going to go into the put more seats in Allianz Field State uh, Fund, right? You know, Maybe. right? Yeah, that's what's going into. Or you know, more like you know, new weight machines in the training facility, or, or uh, a pay the union guys. Like, ooh. Yeah, maybe line. Maybe did I cross did I cross that line about that. Hot take. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I know that's a hot button issue on the uh, social media right now. So it certainly uh, is. Yes. So, anywho, guys, uh, let's move on to uh, better topics. Uh, let's talk about next week's game against Portland. Uh, let's do some uh, predictions. Um, it is a home game. It's at two o'clock. Allianz Field. The weather should be absolutely perfect because this week is going to be like in the low 80s, upper 70s all week with no humidity. Hmm. Perfect Minnesota weather uh, this week. So let's see who we want to start with. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. Prediction for Portland game. Yeah, get me out of the way because we know I won't be correct. And I'm, I'm pretty sure there's no betters that are following my predictions closely just to make their bets. <laughs> well, I, there's a group on Twitter who follows your bets. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I will go first and I, I'm going to go with a one nil Minnesota victory. So, Ooh. and just my thoughts behind that is, you know, Portland, they're above the playoff line. Now they're only a few points, what four points. Yeah. Four points behind Minnesota. Um, I think we've, we've, we've had their number at times though, especially at home. Um, but I mean, I think they're Portland's goal. I don't think I know Portland's goal differential is much tighter than some of the teams we've played lately. Uh, but again, Minnesota is on a fantastic run of form. They're playing well. They're playing well all over the place, but they're also playing well at home. So yeah, it just, this feels like kind of a two good teams at Allianz Field. I think Minnesota finds a way to score the goal. I'm not going to predict who scores it, but uh, I think we we score a goal. Uh, and give DSC another clean sheet. And he's been due. 
you know, he went so long without one. He had one last week, finally, after mm-hmm. so long, a month and a half, basically, I think. So I'm going to give him another one and a one nil victory for the loons. Nice. All right, David, how about you? Prediction. Gosh, uh, this one's this one's probably been the toughest one that I had to look at. So I went back um, and looked. They're unbeaten in seven. Hmm. Uh, they have been literally uh, basically win, draw, win, draw, win, draw, win, which means they should get a draw. Um, we're unbeaten in six, three wins in a row, a draw, five out of six. They're at um, plus eight over over their opponents in that stretch of seven. We're at plus seven over our opponents in the stretch of six. I mean, we're like identical. It's, it's pretty incredible. However, uh, Portland is terrible on the road. Uh, Minnesota is good at home. Um, I, I'm actually going to go out on a limb. I, I like Dave's clean sheet. So I am going, but you know, the, the Ray and Maria things hanging over my head. So I'm, I'm going with two nil Minnesota. There we go. So I texted Connor. You guys saw it. Uh, he, he might get back to me, you know, if he's not sleeping. Uh, I was hoping he might get back before the end of the podcast, but if he doesn't, he can always put it on Twitter. But this is a tough one for me, too, guys, because you're right, David, with the Amaria and Ray kind of injuries looming over this team, you kind of ask, well, where are we goals from? Well, Last night, we got them from Fragapane and from Bongi. Now, can we expect those two to keep scoring? I don't know. I mean, this is Portland's not Houston. You know, so it's tough. Um, I have to say, if I really think about it, uh, I like Dave's score of 1-0, uh, a 1-0 win. I think we squeak out one goal and our defense holds up. And I think we're good to go. Tony, you're, you're, you're really going out, going out on a limb, matching my prediction, knowing that I have not been correct all season and probably never. So. Well, hey, maybe he'll save you and you'll get maybe I'll save correct you. this time. Oh, right. There you go. There could you be. Go. Could be. So I think we're all pretty, we're all pretty good victories, of course. But again, it's tough to say when you, your two, two of your top scorers or should be scorers are not playing if they play. Or if they don't play, yeah, that's um, that's a good point, Tony. And I think, I mean, to be fair, if this game was played at in Portland or even a neutral ground, I I don't I wouldn't be predicting a, a oh, no, no, Loons no. victory. So I wouldn't even I, be picking a draw. I don't think. No. Oh. Yeah. So, all right, guys, enough soccer talk for the night. Let's do one quick story. It's not even funny. It's just crazy. All right, I'm going to take off. The, what? You're leaving? I'm just because it's a Florida story, is that the problem? It, it's a Florida story. It's not funny. So, you know. Well, it's just crazy. It's a crazy story. It's it's crazy. Well, at least it's crazy, if not yeah. funny. Yeah. So, and this go. just happened, guys. A sailfish. You guys know what a sailfish is? Yes. Not off the top of my head. I no. want to catch one. It's uh, they kind of they're kind of <clears throat> like they're like marlins, but yep. like a swordfish with a big fin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, sailfish leaps out of the water, injures a woman off a stu- off a Stewart coast. Uh, Maryland woman says it happened so fast she didn't have time to react. Um, this was in Stewart, Florida. 
a 70 year old woman was stabbed by the bill of a hundred pound pound uh, sailfish that leapt out of the water and attacked her as her companions were trying to reel it in on a boat near the Florida coast. Uh, the sailfish stabbed the woman from Arnold, Maryland in the groin area with its pointed bill on Tuesday while she was standing in the boat as two companions tried to bring the fish in two miles out the shore from Stewart. Uh, companions applied pressure to the wound. She told deputies the attack happened so fast she didn't have time to react. Uh, could you guys imagine getting stabbed by a, by a sailfish? Uh, no, that's, no. Um, I mean, that's right along the lines it's, of a shark attack. Yeah, yeah. it's a shark. It's, it's like when, you know, when we were down in the ocean uh, last month in, in Fort Lauderdale, I just, it's, it's, I love swimming so much. I love the water, but it's, it's always in the back of my mind. And so, you yeah, know, that's one of my greatest fears. Of- and that was like four and a half feet of water. So there was plenty of water for a yeah. shark to be hanging out. Yeah. Well, and this one, guys, this is, the, this is, they were trying to reel this damn fish in. And it must have jumped, yeah, and 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 just just nailed her, um, in the boat. Yeah, and so I I was saying that I wanted to catch one uh, because we have sailfish and marlins over on so sorry Stewart's on the east coast, yeah, um, and so we have some on the Gulf Coast, and um, I, I've researched a little bit about sailfish, and they are they are leapers, they especially if they get on a line. Yeah. They'll they'll just kind of yeah and do what nope. they got to do to get off that line. Nope, not not don't want to go fishing for them anymore. Nope, don't want to do it. Yeah, that nope. that would be crazy. I I don't know how I would react to that at all. Yeah, would... I dudes. I mean, when I thought when I think of swordfish, marlins, whatever, I always think of like the old cartoons where the swordfish are fighting with their bills in the water. <laughs> Type deal, like they're nice, they're not evil, you know. This is like this is evil shit here. This lady got stabbed. Yeah, you know, I, uh, you know, it's 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 nature. They 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 do it. They're they're outfitted with that that bill because that's their defense mechanism. Yeah, I know, but yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, if we're talking to uh, vegetarians or vegans uh, Mm -hmm. listening to us, I mean, Mm -hmm. they're. They're, they're going to be nuts about the whole idea of catching a fish anyway. But, yeah. um, you know, in terms of in terms of just being that, like, food chain, top of the food chain thing, I mean, there are still risks to going after things below you. Um, yes. And when you're sitting on a boat, you think you're at the top of the chain, but mm-hmm. not, well, I know. Uh, I know. No, not always. They're wild animals. I mean, they'll do you in. Now I got another thing to think about, another fish to think about when I'm thinking about nasty fish. But at least they don't have them in Minnesota. Well, no, they don't. Not yet, anyways. I mean, with global warming, we could probably have them in like 30 years. Sure. You know. I mean, you know, I think of Minnesota has what Asian flying carp, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think of a swordfish mm-hmm. as being a bit like a flying carp. They just come out of the water like that. But they're way the fuck larger yeah and they have a razor sharp bill yeah yeah carp don't have that yeah right they just flop at you you might get hit in the head you know you might get a concussion mild concussion from a carp (laughs) but you're you're getting stabbed (laughs) 
Can you imagine that story? I, I've got a concussion. Oh, what would you do? Oh, I got hit in the face with a carp. I was going down the Mississippi River and a carp came out and hit me in the head. Yeah. Happens all the time. I mean, this is going to be, how old was she? 70. 70. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she's probably got like 15 years to tell the story. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Her grandchildren are getting a kick out of this. Her grandchildren oh, are like, okay. hey, my grandma got stabbed by a sailfish. You yeah. Know? Uh, do they make like shirts for that? You know? They should. I mean, I got stabbed by a sailfish and no. How would you put I'm trying to think of a good shirt you could do. I went to I got stabbed by a sailfish and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Right. That type of thing. Yeah. You know, or maybe her grandkids need to start uh at Christmas, start singing uh Grandma Got Stabbed by a Sailfish instead of Grandma got reindeer. Grandma got stabbed by a sailfish out on her boat on Christmas Eve. All right, all right. What we can't do that? Come on. (laughs) No, that's oh, come good. on, Dave. That's Dave, don't good. be a downer. All right, like, sorry. If I was if I was your grandkids, I'd be buying her like sailfish like ornaments like every year. You know? <laughs> like, there you go, Grandma. Another sailfish ornament. No, it's. I'm glad she's okay. I mean, yes, yes, without a doubt, that's good that she survived. I, I probably wouldn't have talked about the story if she had died. Look, sounds like she's okay. You know, it's again, Florida is a very dangerous place, David. It is, especially, I mean, especially the East Coast, because the East Coast has all the sharks. Um, And and then, of course, sailfish now. Um, And then, obviously, the alligators. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's not the safest place. No. I can't Uh, believe you moved to a dangerous state like that. I mean, you know, I've been surrounded by Republicans all my life. It's not that dangerous to me. Well, yeah, I mean. I was going to say you moved to a dangerous state, not just the animals, but the politicians as well. See, um, you, know, you, but, you, you got what I was going through. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. So, uh, all right, guys, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, no, no. we covered Dave, most of it. You know? Dave, Dave, you back in town for a while? Um, I hope so. I might have a day trip here and there, but uh, yeah, I, I think I will be. So that's good. Yeah. Good, good, good. I'm going to Disney again. Oh, nice. Sorry, Dave. Oh, lucky you. Lucky you. Mm -hmm. No, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, as as much as I'd want to spend more time in Wisconsin, I don't have any plans to go in the near future. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful country, actually. And I, you know, shout out to Wisconsin. I mean, we touched on it, but I mean, I I was working near uh, Wisconsin Dells, and but I mean, I mean, David, you know this, and Tony, maybe you do too, but. Southern, especially Southern, Southwestern Wisconsin, that area is extremely underrated. And I had, and I had, a, I had been through the Dells many times, not so much as a tourist, but this, like this afternoon I was out on, I took actually ended up taking a, the North Dells kind of boat tour, oh, two cool. hour tour, sure. like in sure. the Northern Dells. And we went to like the, the, oh shoot. And no, I forget it, but uh, which is. Oh, which is, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyways, just yeah. unbelievable scenic things that, and I, I talked about the hike around Devil's Lake uh, yesterday, but I mean, the, the boat tour that we had, which is Cauldron, I think it's called, yes. but like, it's like steep, can- like step canyons and mm-hmm. whatnot. But I mean, it's, you would think you were in not only 
you might think you're in a different country, let alone Wisconsin. You just can't believe it. Like the scenery that you have out there is just unbelievable. And it's just underrated. So, yeah, you know, I, I think obviously I'm very, very, very biased on Wisconsin, but um, there, there's definitely something to say about prairie land. I think there's uh, something almost romantic about prairie land, which Minnesota has a lot of in the Southwest and the West. Um, But People do not know, a lot of times do not know how just incredible Wisconsin oh. scenery is. Um, very, very. I mean, from, from north to south, sorry, I went up backwards with my hand. Um, from north to south, east to west, it's incredibly scenic. It's hilly. It's, you know, you've got your, um, you've got your bluffs in the south, southwest. You've got all of the, all of those, uh, uh, the Indian mounds down in the south. You've got the lakes like Devil's Lake, uh, Lake Lake Wissota, um, uh, Lake uh, one over in Oshkosh. Uh, starts with a W. I can't think what it's called. On. Um, yeah. And it, you know, obviously the Great Lakes. Um, you know, it's incredibly scenic. I, I, again, I'm biased, but I recommend anyone that wants it a weekend trip they need to go to wisconsin there's so much there it is crazy because we i mean minnesota's blessed with so many lakes and it's so green you know compared to out west but i mean like yeah you don't have to travel far from even the metro area here here in in, in, you know minneapolis area you could even going down to lacrosse along you know along the river i mean you get anywhere outside of that and it's just amazing and a lot of that's thanks to you know the glacier activity and you know, I've, I've had, I've been lucky enough to travel through there for work many, 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 many times, but yeah, I spent just a glorious weekend and it's just, I couldn't believe I'm three hours away from home, three and a half hours away from home. And I just, I just it was mind boggling to me to think that, holy cow, this is Wisconsin. Like, yeah, there, there's a lot of, there are a lot of parts of Wisconsin that look a lot like Minnesota, but if somebody wants to just get out of Minnesota, just mm-hmm. go across the state line. Um sure. It's, you're not, I mean, there, like I said, there's a lot of parts that aren't going to look terribly different, but it's, it's just different. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to become a Packer fan anytime soon, but no, yeah, no, and you don't have I to, do, I do highly recommend a trip or two. I mean, you should, but you don't have to. <laughs> I have a confession to make guys. Uh, my grandma, my dad's uh, mom is a Wisconsinite. She was born in Wisconsin. Oh. Um, it's kind of the dark, sheep of the family you know black sheep of them. Just, kidding, <laughs> yeah. just kidding i love my grandma i love my grandma but i spent a lot of time as a kid down in the southwest corner of wisconsin uh, lacrosse uh westby viroqua all those places down there uh my great-grandparents had a farm down there uh in between you're right david the bluffs yep. in between those bluffs you had farmland in there they farmed it um you had all these little small towns down yep. there we were always down there like hanging out and uh it was great it's great yeah. small towns are fantastic uh, southwest. yeah you know that southwest corner of wisconsin was essentially founded by my ancestors like no shit like yeah. from south of lacrosse so mm-hmm. uh prairie de Chine down towards yep. the illinois border yep. like three gen sorry four generations back i mean mm-hmm. my ancestors like boom 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 all over the place yeah. yeah, it's yeah. and there's even a town, Mount Sterling, uh, oh. that was founded by my great 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 grandfather. Wow, yeah. Merry Christmas! Did you ever go back there and like, hey, 
there are zero sterlings there anymore what however there there's a cemetery in that town Mm -hmm. that you can't miss it because there's nothing else in the town um but if you go into the cemetery there's a tombstone the size of like you know a football field that's my great 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 grandfather's um yeah i mean it's a that area of Viroqua, Crawford County. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really great. Gaze Mills is another good Gaze small Mills, town. yeah. Gaze Mills, yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, uh, Westby is a Norwegian town. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a lot of Norwegian. Westby, Westby now the Norwegians there. If you guys, uh, yeah, quick trip, I, I, quick, quick I, use, trip used to have the uh, the Westby, the uh, the cheese cheese curds. Or, and, yes, I've, yeah, I've, they did. I've, yeah. I've worked in Westby, Wisconsin. Tony. That's right, you have. Yeah, we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a great area down there. The yep. uh, town was not named after my my relatives. It was no, but yeah, enough. Pretty cool. All right, enough Wisconsin. Okay. Sorry it's for the Wisconsin, Wisconsin rant, but okay. you know it's fresh on my mind. So yeah, I I have a tear running down my yeah. He does. Face <laughs> right. he does he's gonna start singing the Wisconsin rally? What is it? Yeah. Rouser was the on Wisconsin on Wisconsin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, all, right. all right. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. That's enough Wisconsin <laughs> shit. <laughs> for myself, Tony, for Dave and David, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Go loons. Go loons.